Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we pop our corks, can I ask you a huge favour? If you don't already follow us, would you hit the follow button and give us a follow? You see the three little dots at the top right hand of your screen? Just tap that, hit the follow show tab. It's the first on the drop down menu. And ta-da! That means two things. One, you're never going to miss an episode. And two, it really does help us to bring you the very best guests there are out there. Speaking of which... On with the show. Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that asks its guests three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. And my guest this week is a bona fide 90s pop legend who left the scene for 17 years to raise a family only to return via the Strictly dance floor to pick up her pop career where she left off. As a solo artist, she sold 15 million records. But before she went it alone, she was one quarter of the hugely successful 90s girl band Eternal. Having studied at the Italia Conti Stage School when she was just 15, she was spotted dancing in a nightclub by chance by the man who would go on to manage and put Eternal together. Their success was fast, international, and gave her the perfect platform to step out on her own, which she did with huge success. Robbie Williams introduced her to the man who would become her husband for 20 years, Jamie Redknapp, and they went on to have two sons, Charlie and Beau, now 18 and 14. In 2017, after more than 20 years together, they divorced, and whilst finding her feet as a single mother, she successfully navigated releasing her first album in 17 years, Heavy Love, toured, became a regular headliner in West End shows like 9 to 5, Fatal Attraction and Cabaret, and is now set to release her greatest hits album, which she's launching with an intimate one-off live and evening with show at the Shepherd's Bush Empire on June the 1st. She's a woman who is much talked about, having lived all of her adult life in the public eye, but as you're about to discover, 
Of all of the many things that have been written and said about her, the fact that she's one of the nicest women in the business is probably the most common thread in a life well documented. Louise Redknapp, what a joy to have you here. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> like, oh. Um, yeah, oh, no, it's so good to see you. So I've known good you to so see long. And it just, so like, just so nice when you walk in a room and you're so familiar with someone. It's just, and you, you just go back so many years. We've not stopped talking, no, have we? we haven't, like, <laughs> so it's so good to be here. It's so good to see you. Uh, because you're right, we, we almost started out at exactly the same yeah. time as one another. Yeah, well, you wrote my very first book. I did. I wrote your first book. Somebody Which put it on. Didn't Instagram. have that many pages because I hadn't done a lot. I mean, how did that must have been a tough write for you? Because no, it was no. Of course, it wasn't. A I tough just think I hadn't done anything. You were like, "What do we write?" Well, you had. You'd been to like, you know, you'd had this really interesting upbringing in Southeast London um, with your incredible mum, who had yes. literally busted gut, and she's here today. She so is. lovely to see your mum. Yeah, she's here. She had busted gut to give you every opportunity. Um, because your, your dad left, but you never yeah. really knew your dad, did no. you? Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm close with my stepdad, but yeah, my, my real dad, um, I didn't know him at all. So I remember we talked about that in the book, and then you won a scholarship to one of the most prestigious stage schools, not just in the country, but in the world, Italia yeah. Conti. Don't know how that happened. Little old Lou just turned up from Lewisham with a jazz shoes. <laughs> jazz hands, jazz shoes, ready and to go. And then back in track of I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yep. is that what I that what <laughs> literally, I remember. How apt, Lou? Here you <laughs> are, know. 30 years later. I will survive. I literally went in. Everyone was singing like that, Annie, and it's a hard knock life. And they said to me, What are you going to sing? I said, Well, I've actually just got the B side to I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor. <laughs> Can I sing that? I was 10. <laughs> you were 10. <laughs> just turning 11, yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah, I mean, maybe I should cover that. <laughs> and then on your first day at school, you met Kelly Bryan, who, yeah. when you were tapped on the shoulder, was it by, I'm guessing it was Dennis Inglesby that was in the club and not Oliver Smallman. Yeah, it was Dennis. He, so Pete Tong, it was kind of just before Pete Tong really sort of exploded into the world of super cool DJ, before all of that kind of era. And he had signed Pete Tong and he'd gone down to see him in the Milk Bar in Tottenham Court Road. So Milk Bar was like, so let's just explain who these characters are. So Dennis Inglesby and Oliver Smallman yeah. became your managers yeah. and the owners of the label to which Eternal was signed. Dennis Inglesby is arguably one of the biggest characters in the mm -hmm. business. I remember oh, yes. not long after you'd left Eternal, I escorted Dennis and the three remaining members of Eternal to the Vatican where they performed for the Pope. And it was the only time I saw Dennis not in a shell suit. <laughs> yeah. He would even go to the Brits in a oh, shell suit. He was, I mean, yeah, tracky bottoms, like, just he was either in a dressing gown or a shell suit. One gown. or the other. He was always in a hotel in a dressing gown, walking around the lobby. Where's these girls? What's going on? Yeah, so, yeah. So Dennis was the real character and he had a real love and buzz for music. And, and as did Oliver, but Oliver was much yeah. more the business. Yeah, he was the, the businessman. Yeah. So you're in this nightclub at the, milk, at the Milk Bar, which was where lots of great up-and-coming DJs started. Dennis was down there checking out Tongi. Yes, literally. And just literally, I was on the dance floor. Shouldn't have been in there. My mum no. had no idea I was in there. I was meant to be staying at my friend's Catherine's. <laughs> and, um, 15 years old. 15 years old. We didn't even go to go to the nightclub. So we used to go down to the Trocadero and get yoghurt. And we were walking down Topnacool Road. And the guys on the door of the milk bar said, ladies, why don't you come in? And we were like, yeah, we're ladies. Come on, let's just go. And we just went in. No. Yeah, so we so didn't. you hadn't even gone out to go no. clubbing? No, we were 15. 
It's only that they asked if we wanted to go in. How did I not put that in the book? I don't know. Maybe I didn't open up about that. Then. I'm learning something new 30 years on. I kept quiet about that. Yeah, and we were no, just that in is, there. That is nuts. When you think about it, everything that has happened in your life since is as a result of that guy asking you into that nightclub. Yes. Yep. It was on a, it wasn't even like a weekend night. It was school holidays. We were just going out to the, hang out the Trocadero and yeah. And went in there and I remember the music being really good and I loved music. So even from that age, I wanted to be a pop star. That's what I went, I was the only girl like in my year at stage school, everyone wanted to be West End or an actress or a dance teacher or something. And I was like, oh, I just want to be a pop star. So everyone thought I was completely, you know, nuts with such huge aspirations. And um, he come up to me and went, can you sing? I was like, I can actually, yeah. <laughs> and he looked at me like, and gave me his card. And yeah, from then it was history. Obviously. And then you brought Kelly in. Then I brought Kelly in. He said, have you got any friends? I started doing some sort of BBs and that with the other girls and um, brought Kelly in. And I think he... I mean, they could really sing as well. Oh, God, I mean, incredible voices. So at that time, Dennis also had Dina Carroll. Yep, incredible voice. I mean, superstar. Uh, who else was on? Bad Boys Inc. Bad Boys Inc. Um, he had, they had Alicia Warren, who's Misha Paris's sister. Yes. Um, huge voice, Misha girl. Michelle. Lovely Mish, yeah. yeah. Sweetness. That's um, my weakness. Yeah. <laughs> Still one of my favorite songs. It's a cute song, um, Yeah, so cute. Yeah, so they were really kind of happening, but Etona were their first sort of big break. Yeah. The Honeys come after the honeys, that. that's right. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a hit factory in yeah. its own right, really. And they did it slightly different. I think you had like that whole Stock Aiken and Waterman kind of. Oh, this was more urban. It was much more urban. It was much more, um, yeah. I mean, there's one thing Dennis knew, like you said, he had so much passion about music. Mm. He loved great musicians, great songwriters, encouraged us to write. And I think due to the, the nature of the band, we did, we were so lucky because once we sort of started with Stay and, and sort of those records Stay is started still going such out, a great record. Still such a great song. You had people like Rodney Jerkins yeah. and wanting to work with us. So all of a sudden we're in New York with sort of, you know, the Winans recording and Luther Vandross is sat on the sofa outside. And I'm like, just, you know, when you just, you're so gobsmacked that you almost don't become starstruck anymore because you're just like, it's fight or flight here. I just need to step up to the plate and, and be everything I'm meant to be for being in this room. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they were great times, though. You know, like, the 90s were, was amazing times for music. It really was. And the opportunities. I mean, the fact that I went to meet the Pope with the tongue. <laughs> uh, and Gloria Gaynor was there. Oh! She was there. See, see she did I Will Survive. <laughs> <That's a good> <laughs> <laughs> Gypsy Kings, who got so overcome with emotion at being in the presence of, you know, the Pope in you know the vatican I'm incredible but they took us to afterwards to a restaurant the vatican restaurant we got picked up by nuns in a minibus wearing trainers <laughs> and they had mobile phones up their sleeve and they listened to pop music in the in the mini in the vatican minibus yeah, we were like dennis is going to me shut up no, no. <laughs> literally the only time he came down to reception and he was wearing a suit and i said it looks like you're going to prison not to meet the Pope, because he just never wore smart clothes. No, never. They just turn things on their head and just, they have these wild ideas and they just make them happen. And listen, <laughs> you talk about the other kids at school wanting to go into the West End. Hello, look at you. <laughs> yeah, I do love the West End. You're back, at, you're going in as Teen Angel. Yes, the, yep. The going, Dominion? Yep, at the Dominion, which is such a, an amazing This theater. summer? 
this summer. Yeah, I, under I, Arlene Phillips's choreography. I know, and I go back years with Arlene as well. So we haven't actually started work on it yet, yet together. But I, I don't know. I, I always wanted to do the West End, but you know, like especially back in the day, you got put in your little pockets. Yeah. You were one thing or another. I think where the industry's changed so much is you can be a bit of everything now, which totally plays itself into my hands because. Yeah. I love doing a bit of everything. Well, you've not just done musical theatre. You've you've played it straight as well. Fatal Attraction was a straight role, no singing. Yeah. You took that out on tour. Yeah. You've done Cabaret with Will Young. You played yeah. Sally Bowles. He was MC. Yeah. I mean, you've I pushed yourself, that. Lou. Do you know, I think you've got to. I think, like, sometimes these things do come in, and I, I, I do sort of for a moment. This is where having a really good support network is so important people that believe in you because yeah. we all doubt ourselves I, I mean I do on a daily basis um, and sometimes something had come through the door and I remember Fatal Attraction it was between my management and it was the same production company as what I'd done 9 to 5 with so yeah. 9 to 5 was you very opened 9 to 5 didn't open, you? yeah you the opening cast in the West End yeah and it was a massive role Huge. like if you'd saw it my role was I think I was off stage for maybe 10 minutes throughout the whole thing. So wow. line-wise and sort of commitment, it was huge. They come and said, do you fancy doing a play? I was like, oh, no, 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 I don't do plays. I'm, I'm not a straight actress, I don't do plays, even though I, I do quite like acting. Um, and I've said to my management, there's absolutely no way I can do that. And then you just sometimes need someone to go kick up the bum, you can. Um, and this is my reasoning why. And there's one thing everyone that knows me well knows that I love a challenge. And when I mean business, I mean business. And I was like, right, okay, I'm gonna do this. The director was amazing. It was a female director, Love Day. I love working with her. She's just genius. What a name, Love Day. Love Day, I know. And she's so, she's just so cool. And I met with her. And between sort of that network, everyone's made you me believe wife, right not the yeah, bunny boiler i wasn't the bunny boiler yeah. yeah i don't know if i could have got through those sex scenes without laughing <laughs> <laughs> they, so when i was in it susie amy was doing the bunny boiler and she was so good but obviously every night she had to kind of strip off a little bit and um i used to think that's where my confidence would fall short <laughs> just like <laughs> in some little theater in the middle of nowhere with your kit off on stage i was like oh i'm not ready for that just you and a merkin yeah you know. <laughs> i'm not ready for that some sexy lighting that was not gonna yeah but i loved it and i learned so much um it was i miss singing I really, I thought when on the stage, I could hear my, my own footsteps. I used to think, oh, I wish there was music starting. Where's the beat? <laughs> Where's the beat? Yeah, <laughs> I want to like pop my shoulders a bit. <laughs> well, this all takes me really nicely into my first question for you, actually, Lou, because I want to talk about some of the, uh, the gutsy decisions that you've made. So, you ready? Yes. Second chances are a real theme in your life and your work. Um, and I can track it all the way back to the very beginning with Eternal. So the band are huge. They are nominated for awards. You're selling millions of records. You're, you know, sharing a sofa with Luther Vandross <laughs> in recording studios on the other side of the world. And you quit. You yeah. go it alone. Potential madness, but it paid off. Then you step back to have a family. Again, a big risk, right? Because yeah. there's a chance that that door may stay forever yeah. shut. Yeah, it's you know, it's doggy dog out there. It's someone jumps in your place very quickly. <laughs> it takes two minutes for you to become, oh, didn't you used to be? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That, that can be your pre- Which I feel happened a little bit for a while, but I had to fight to get that back. Yeah, which, and, and so you raised your two beautiful boys. 
you're in and out of work, but you make that big concerted return to a very big spotlight in 2016 when you say yes to Strictly. I'm imagining not the first time you've been asked. I had been asked many a times yeah. before, always said no, yeah. And then that gave you that kind of newfound confidence to go, I am going to go back for a second bite at this cherry because you, yeah. you rediscovered you. A bit of unfinished business there between me and the industry, I think. Yeah. And I loved being a mum to the boys and being at home. But when, when a business is all you've known, and like we talk about those early, early days, you the, the, the thrill of those, of going to parts of the world, like we said, sit on a, on a sofa with Luther Vandross and going into the studio in New York with Rodney Jerkins and being, you know, that... You can't just get rid of th those kind of adrenaline rushes. They're there. There's yeah. something, especially when you love music and you love doing what you do. But it's like muscle memory, isn't it? It, yeah. like, it reawakens those old muscles that used yeah. to spring to life in yeah. the face of all of that. So not having that in your life is you get to a stage where you're like, I, I don't know. I used to love just being able to go out sort of when I was at home with the boys just to get that music fix, mm. just to go somewhere where the music was good and there was a good DJ, you know, like... God put me in a good wedding with a good DJ. I was well aware of having the time of my life. It was like, Louise never looked so happy. But I think it was just the DJ was playing all the old songs that I love. And I suppose it's just really what makes me happy. But each time you did any of those, those big pivots in your life, you doubted yourself, you were full of, can I, should I, would I, no. You were scared, but you still yeah. did it anyway. And I think that people underestimate how um, steely you can be once you've once you've put your mind to something. So talk to me about each of those decisions and how one went on to inform the other because I can't imagine that you'd you'd be here now if you hadn't, for example, found the chutzpah to left Eternal in the first place. Yeah, leaving a, a, a band like that was never going to be easy. All I knew and all where I'd got to was that I, I wasn't loving it the way I should, which fundamentally there's something wrong because... You grow as people and you go in different directions. And I think in Eternal, we were all quite, had different sort of end goals. Um, you know me, I'm pretty easygoing. Yeah. I like most people. It takes a lot to offend me. And I just felt that my career needed to represent that in my, because your career becomes your personal life when, you, when you're young and you're working at that level. Oh my God, yeah. It's all one thing. There's not shut the door and go home. The mu music industry in the 90s engulfed your whole life. And it was never really about what I was doing on stage. I loved the music I was making. Singing with the girls was incredible. But I needed my personal life to represent all of it that was working for me. So being part of a band, your personal life takes a hit because you're working to three other people's schedules. Yeah, and their agendas. And, and and it's you have to dilute yourself in order for the band unit, you know, that yeah. unit to work. But when you turn around and said, I'm going, I mean, you must have had people, certainly at a sort of record company level, try to talk you out of it. So you must have faced some sort of wall of resistance. It's really weird because I thought I would. And... Um, I think people that work close to us could see the divide. And, and it wasn't bad, nothing to blame, no one just to blame. Just different characters. Just the divide. Mm. And um, I remember walking into EMI Records and JF is this very personable French guy, but he was like one of the... He was the big boss, right? He was the big boss, he's the MD. And I had many MDs at EMI through the course of my contract there, but he was the flamboyant one. He was the one, the darling. 
how are you today? You know, he was one of those kind of, and I was young, by no means full of myself. I still felt like very much, not the lesser part in Eternal, but I wasn't the lead vocalist. I was in awe of their talent and I was just grateful to be there. But I knew that my life as life was suffering, you know. Yeah. And was I, that by that point you were married or no with Jamie um, no no were you uh, oh god I'm trying to get um yeah I was with Jamie yeah. towards the end yeah. yeah um and then I just walked in and said I'm um I'm, I, I don't think I can stay in the group I, I think I'm gonna leave I'm so sorry because I know how much time and effort and money you've put into us but I can't do this anymore not in a million trillion years was I expecting well you can carry on with the rest of the five album deal on your own. Um, I, I just thought I was going to walk out there and they were most probably going to sue me. And I thought, oh, well, I haven't got anything to give you, so you could just sue me anyway. <laughs> uh, I was like, I still live at home with my mom at the moment. So really? <laughs> early days eternal. Yeah, I still lived at home. But um, he actually was great. He went, you know what? I understand. I understand. And I'm really happy to if you would commit to the five album deal, but make four albums on your own to finish the deal. And I remember walking out, walking down the road, going to get myself like a sandwich and a cup of tea and just thinking, <laughs> now what am I gonna do? Like, oh shit. my God, shit. <laughs> oh, I don't even know where to start. Who did you call? Did you even have a mobile phone then? No. I don't think I did have a mobile phone. I think I went home and told my mum and, and my mum and dad. And I, th I think at that stage, like, everyone was just so, when you're in it, you don't really see how big it is. Cause they just, you're still just normal when you walk through the front door. It doesn't matter that you sold a good few hundred thousand records that year or whatever. You week. just, week, yeah. It was 15 million with Eternal, 15 <laughs> million on your own. So, so you've had a hand in 13 million records being sold, Lou. I think I just was, you just, you know, you're not really aware of any of that at the time. Well, yeah. I definitely wasn't. And um, I was like, oh, they want me to do um, four albums on my own. And everyone, my mum just went, oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's <laughs> good. Oh, do you feel all right about that then? What and I'm like, tea? <laughs> I think I feel all right about that. Yeah. I don't know, actually. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm pleased, but I'm really, really scared. Um, and then it, it just happens. I'm a big believer in everything for a reason. And yeah, I was... I was so lucky, again, I got an opportunity. I know so many talented people that never get given an opportunity and I've been given so many. And I like to think I've taken that opportunity and run with all of my heart in it. Definitely. You, um, when you talk about that moment in time, something's just flashed back to me. When you first went solo, I was the editor of Smash Hits and we put you on the cover and I remember Dennis and Ollie speaking to me and we go, you know, they're going, it's amazing, right? Because, you know, like, girls want to be her, boys want to go out with her. Yeah? <laughs> and you were, you did have that appeal. But it was really important that young girls remained connected to you. So yeah. Dennis went, right, leave it with me. I'm going to speak to the label. And he went off and he spoke to the marketing department. He came back and he went, we're going to do a cover mount, right? So back in the day, do you remember what cover mounts were? It was like sticking a fiver on the cover of the magazine. So you give away like a free lip gloss or yeah. a free CD or whatever. And we decided at the time, that, um, do you remember the T-Bar Tiffany necklaces? Yes, do you I remember? Do. We you know did one of those, didn't we? <laughs> so we sourced these yeah. really cheap. And and they look good, and we mocked it all up. I said, this is going to be great. And Dennis was like, 
the girl's gonna love it. It's like yeah. it's, it's a it's a knock. Because it was pivoting. quite tough as well, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like a proper big old chain. So and off it goes to and it's like it was so weighty on the stands. It looked <laughs> amazing. And then the letters started coming in. My daughter's neck is green from this neck. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Dennis. <laughs> I think I've still got some of them at home. <laughs> Don't wear them. No, I won't wear it. I'm pinned up with a green neck. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. <laughs> no, but I remember that was always, and I, I don't think I ever tried to be that, what you describe, but uh, anyone that knows me knows I'm such a girl's girl. Oh, good, just tell totally like, girls. No, the girls, the, the audience at Smash Hits absolutely loved you. And then, at that time, this is pre-Spice Girls in that time, very rarely would we put a girl on the cover. Yeah. Because it hit sales. Yeah. You know, sales went down. Um, but it didn't with you. And that that was that was something that I think the, the record company took a lot of stock from. They were like, right, this is good. And things like that would inform marketing spend, which would then inform whether or not you were, yeah. you know, on 85 billboards or none. Yeah. And, and I think I was slightly oblivious to all of this. I think it was so young, so just sort of going my stride. But now looking back, I realise why it worked. Mm. But... But being in it at the time, yeah, you don't. I didn't really understand it. The charm of it is that you shouldn't be that aware. Yeah, I, I, just I was just doing what I was doing. Yeah, you're just being you. Yeah, I you're was. Just, yeah, let, let the marketing men worry about the marketing or marketing. And it was nice being able to do such a cross section of magazines as well. I yeah. think I was, I think I was the first woman to ever be on the front of GQ actually, which was yeah. like I remember them there saying it. There was a time to when I know that in my corridor at work. So next to my office was, so we had Smash Hits and then next door was FHM and up one flight of stairs was Sky Magazine. Oh, and then Arena Magazine. And you did every single cover. Yeah, I think all within the sort of same. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what, um, that was when I started realising that we were hitting lots of different markets. Mm. But it took me to come out the other side. And, and actually, I approached them all with exactly the same sort of, attitude of going in there I, I don't think i ever tried to be anything special for each one they just got 
me, even if yeah. I was doing like the sexy magazines, I still just turn up as FHM when it was still a th I mean, it was a big thing in uh, as a moment in time. Yeah, they named you the sexiest woman of the decade. Yeah, I went to pick that award up pregnant eight months. I wore a green dress. I looked like a big Granny Smith apple. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what possessed me to even <laughs> agree to go and pick up that award at eight months pregnant. But I actually have those awards in my downstairs toilet today. Good. So you should. And my fourteen-year-old puts them flat when he has friends round. <laughs> <laughs> no jokes. He literally puts them down I can flat. Imagine. He's okay. like, no one needs to see them. And Why must, have we got them in the downstairs? It must toilet? be hard for kids to have parents like us. Can't be easy, can it? No. Because I suppose not all their friends' mums are kind of well, do a our job. Google will will bring up everything from the nineties. Yes. And yeah, which is great. I own it and celebrate it. But yeah, I do. When now. you're sat on the school bus, it's no fun, is it? Yeah. The, my older one, he's much more kind of laughs it off now. But the fourteen, like, I don't really do anything for the fourteen-year-old to be a bit like wary of. Like even the last music video, he said to me, "It's nice to see you fully clothed." <laughs> <laughs> in this music video. I'm like, Charles is in a top and flats on. Like, I'm... He hasn't seen the next video. <laughs> there's time. Yeah, there's still time in my silver bodysuit that's coming out <laughs> next. <laughs> Why not, though, Lou? Yeah, exactly. You know what? I'd, I'd do everything. It's, I, I'd never do anything that's not tasteful. I'd never do anything that they'd really be embarrassed. It's all banter. Like, I know they are so proud. They're my biggest champions. Um... What about the decision to step back from all of that? Because having worked so hard to achieve it all, I think, I, I, you know, I, I, don't know, I don't know if it was the same for you, but I definitely wanted to carry on being a professional person, but less so when I became a mum. Being, being his mum became so important to me. So I dialed yeah. it down. Oh, God, it's the best job in the world. Yeah. I mean, there's not an ounce of regret. I'm not saying I didn't miss doing what I, mm. I do, and I didn't miss living that kind of just getting that thrill from being so passionate about something but nothing compares to the love you feel for your kids and um and it was actually nice to step away from it a little bit actually and just kind of cocoon myself in this kind of new little life with mm. the, and and I even now I, I was sure I over mummy my kids even at 14 and 18 like they'll be like mum we're not babies anymore and I still find myself just doing stupid little things like taking them up like, like the other night I just chopped Bo up some fruit and made him a warm drink and just took it up to his bedroom and he sort of laughed at me and said you know mum you don't need to do this for me I said oh, no I just wanted to I just did you a little fruit platter I just thought you can pick at it while you're chatting to your friends and as I walked out the door he went I do love you I was like, my heart and I thought I still get there's no there's nothing like getting that validation from no. your kids I will never regret Stepping no. back and saying no to some big opportunities so that I could say yes to the school run. Yeah. Um, but equally, I'm so pleased that I've been able to keep enough of a hand in so yeah. that when I was ready to step back and be more present professionally. Yeah. that, that And it's hard, isn't it? Because I feel I didn't keep much of a hand in. I felt I threw everything at that. And I think in my industry as well, especially like in pop, there's new people coming out all the time. And I wasn't going to be that young, sweet, kind of innocent I wasn't going to be able to be portrayed in the same way coming back after having children. Um, and I went away for a long time. So... Were you scared, Lou? Oh, petrified. I, do you know what? At the time, I was really content. Um, so I, I was never scared 
walking away from it because in my head I wasn't walking away from anything I was just having a family so I wasn't like oh, I'm walking away from my industry I'm like okay it's time to have a family and nothing made me happier it's only as time goes on that and I'm sure there'll be so many mums that have experienced this so the first few years you're fine and you're yep. occupied with your job in hand and all of a sudden you sit back and you think oh who am I not quite sure what to wear going out for dinner on Tuesday night. And, oh, I just don't, don't really, don't know really if I've got much to say when I'm going out for dinner. I feel a bit like, and I've always got a lot to say. And I, I felt myself just shrink, shrink a little bit. And that's no one's fault. I think that was just mm. being there to life changing. You so, can't be yourself as much because you're so many things to so many other people, right? And, yeah. And... Uh, so yes, it does happen and you don't have as much to talk about because all your day is spent being a parent. Yeah, and it was more scary at the thought of coming back to work. That was where I knew I wanted to, but that was where I think the real nerves really hit in. I don't feel up until that point I had overthought anything. Like the eternal days, leaving was really scary, but again, I must have been so resilient so I just picked up and started again. You really did. I just was like, okay, like my life, naked. Oh, I'm going to go and work with Madonna's choreographer, Jamie King, and roll around in a box. This, Yeah, I'm up for that. You know, in a silver suit that lights up. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I throw myself at anything. And um, then having the kids, I'm like, right, okay, it's time to be a mum. But then when it hit me that I want to work, but how do I work again? And what do I do? And and so much by this stage it happened. Because when I went off to do Strictly, I wasn't doing Strictly with the idea of working again. That was not the plan. I just thought I need to do something. The kids were a bit older. And I actually did it because my mum and at the time, you know, Jamie's mum just loved the programme so much. And I just thought, this is going to be really good for me. I'm going to get fit. And just give myself a little something to do. A little bit of a project. It was after that when work become a real reality. And not only did I want to work, I needed to work, needed to find a life for myself. That's when the real nerves yeah, kicked in. Yeah, because your circumstances had changed. My circumstances had changed. I was now single. I needed to go to work for so many more reasons, like not just not to be famous. I mean, let's make one thing very clear. That was never, I want to be, yeah. I sometimes read a com comments and it's like, oh, she wants to be famous again. It's like, I never wanted to be famous again. You know, that was, the last thing on my mind I wanted to work because it defines a huge part of who I am I love what I do and also I needed that purpose yeah I needed that purpose and I needed to go and earn a living too you know yeah. I needed to get out there and find a bit of everything again so they say when when somebody's coming back from or trying to find their way out of um you know an episode of clinical depression the first thing you need as a building block is purpose yeah and, and that makes a huge amount of sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Because if you have purpose, you're thinking, what, what, what are you talking about? If you've ever experienced not having purpose, then yeah. actually when you get up every day, who are you? What do you do? Where do you go? Yeah. What's your day about? How long is that day without I think when the kids are it? young, you're purpose, because they can't get out yeah, of their cots or their yeah. beds and get to school and they get, start getting a bit older. And, and I just missed that thrill of... But I didn't realise I missed it until I did Strictly. I didn't. Re I knew I did, but not to the point well, where I wanted I to do it tell again. Tell yourself as well, Lou, don't you? That you used to be good at that. Oh right? yeah, I used to be. Used yeah. to be good. That, I used to do that. Yeah, that, and that's what I started to do. Is and then, I mean, I was pregnant when I was pregnant. I just signed up to host the first Strictly tour, 
And then I went back and ho carried on hosting it until Ben went to school and I took him on the road with me, which was a juggle and a half. Yeah. But every January, that meant that I had to get into my sequins, dance in arenas, yeah. and I pushed myself. Yeah. And I really, really pushed myself. And I remembered for those six weeks, as I traveled with sterilizers and travel cots and no sleep, I remembered who I was. Yeah. And that was so important. Yeah. I think for me, the first moment of awakening was way after that. I think Strictly was just all, it was what it was. I got out there, did it. And then sort of the year to come after um, and sort of stepping back on into a studio where for me now that shit really did count. Do you know what I mean? Because whatever I do in there defines whether I ever make music again or not. Mm. So you had one chance. I had one it. chance. So and, was and no. That's probably quite a realistic take, actually, because yeah. it's expensive, right? It's expensive. No one's going to go. Oh well, that song was pretty crap. But hey ho, let's give her another shot. I mean, I was already on my <laughs> my last legs as far as I needed to make go in there and make no wrong moves. And at this, and I was also battling a lot of judgment everywhere from what was being sort of brought in about my circumstances. Very difficult to try and establish your professional self when all anybody wants to talk about is your personal self. Yeah, and, and I was finding if I didn't talk about it, that was a problem. And if I did talk about it, everybody was like, oh, she's just talking about that because she wants to get more coverage. I'm like, no, I don't want to talk about it. I just, I'm here to focus on that, that part. It's got nothing to do with anyone else. But I am putting myself out here to try and regain a love and a passion that I had from being at 10 when I walked into... But you see, I really saw that, Lou, maybe because I know you, but I think my girlfriends would say the same. We saw that in you, we identified. I think anybody that's had to put themselves second for a long time, for whatever reason, and that's mainly motherhood yeah. or parenting, Yeah. really got that. So I'm sure you heard a lot of loud keyboard warrior style critics but what you wouldn't have heard was this sort of silent army of support from so many women out there that went, do you know what? Maybe I've got a second act in me. Maybe there is another chapter yeah. to me. Because you do, you become something to everyone. No one, there's for nothing yourself. left for yourself. Yeah. And so for all of the stuff that you might have heard or read or whatever, I'm just telling you that there oh. is an army of brilliant women out there that just thought, good on you. Oh, thanks, Kate. Yeah, I think it took me a while to see that. I see that now, you good. but I felt pretty on my own for a really long time. Like I did think, well, I'm really opening myself up for as much abuse as someone can get right now. Um, but like you said, something in me just kept on going. I'm proud that I gave my career another shot. I'm yeah. really, really proud I gave in the that most shot. public. It's not like you just applied for a job locally in a sort of, you know, coffee shop, or an eased your way back onto the, you know, to into the working world. It was so public, and you didn't quit. And now look at you. And actually, you're going to pave the way for a lot of other women to be able to do this as well. And yeah, that's really good. Luke. Yeah, and you know what? I just think, just throw everything at something. Yeah. You know, whatever that may be. Um, you have to be a bit fearless in life sometimes and you're going to get a, a bit of a, a hell of a journey through some of it and you're going to get a smooth ride through some of it. But at least you're on a bit of a journey and a bit of a ride yeah, rather absolutely. than not being on anything. But look at the example you're setting your boys as well. They've yeah. seen you go through this and carry yourself with guts. 
drive, yeah. determination. And those are all qualities that you'd want to instill in Yeah, them. I'm proud of what I've done. Um, and there's been some huge bumps in that in the road along the way. And it by no means have I been anywhere near perfect. But I've not let go. I've really believed that you can go and achieve. And I'm still fighting that journey. And it's still some days, you know, harder than others. But I'm I'm really grateful that I get to, to make music and do what I do. I feel like I'm a much better artist now than I've ever been because every word I sing is with so much emotion and passion. You know, whatever I do, I do it because I really want to do it. Yeah. And, yeah, and I, I get to still be out there. And by no means is it easy. You, you know, life is not... Um, I sometimes look at other people's life and I think, oh, God, their lives are so blissful and beautiful and I'm still like paddling like I'm, this part's smooth but the legs underneath the yeah. I'm, I'm doing the swan um but I'm all right with that I think no look at where you, you just are. have to be peaceful with where you're at but you should be at peace because you've struggled amongst all of the change that, that was going on to re-establish your singing career you're opening West End shows time and time again you're going back into the West End this year you're not stopping. I, it's so lovely and inspiring to see. I yeah. commend and congratulate Thank you. Thank you. And you, you're smashing it as well out there. I mean, look. Look at this professional setup. I thought it was coming to your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's next time. And I will definitely be popping a few corks there. <laughs> now, before we move to question number two, forgive me, but I've had to do a time check. And frankly, because Lou and I haven't seen each other for a fair few years now, we had too much to catch up on so this is going to be a two-part episode with questions two and three coming your way next friday but before i sign off here's a little amuse-bouche something to whet your appetite for next week's episode we had just flown in he was like i want to take you to my church i'm like okay that sounds fab so we all go along to church we're sat at the front with bb and his family and then you've got Luther, and then you've got whitney houston then you've got brian mcknight and then you've got take six and you've got Raphael sadiq anyone that knows me i'm a massive Raphael sadiq fan he's an amazing amazing uh funk guitarist and um i'm just sat there in looking church around with all of those people. in church with all of those people going Like completely in awe, walk into the studio the next day, bearing in mind I just heard all of these people singing and how incredible they were. And Bibi was like, so Lou, I think you should uh, take the first, the first verse. I'm like, what, me? What, the first verse? <laughs> you want Bernie, Esther? I'm like, um, oh, I, I, I'm not the lead singer. I don't, I don't do the verses. He was like, you do now? I was like, oh, shit, are you kidding me? Ah, there you go. I can't wait for you to hear it in its entirety. For now, though, my thanks to you for loaning us your ears and also to Maria Nibs and the Yahoo Studios team who produced the show with me. As always, music's by Andy Bell. Editing is by Eleanor Humphrey. I'll be back next Friday with Lou for plenty more chat. Until then, thanks for your company. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 